This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Episode 57, Working Class on DeerCast. I am here this week with Dylan Gandy from Whitetail Edge. Dylan, nice entrance. What's, What's up? up? How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good, man. I'm real good. We, both of us have tags filled, so we're probably doing a lot better than uh, the rest of my crew, at least. It's actually a little bit harder on me. Really? Because I've got like three absolute giants on camera and i want another tag so bad i can't stand it mm, that's good problems though yeah i they guess survive. actually i have two now my mom whacked one yeah so let's get into that we'll get into that here in a minute but all right dude, we've been talking about doing a podcast um in our studio with ben for uh, like uh, too long now and now people are i made that post the other day about who do you want to hear on the podcast and then that makes it worse, probably. Yeah. But it's just it's for people who out there listening that want to hear white the white tail edge boys on like in the studio. We want that too. It's just getting everything to work out, especially in November. Come just coming out of November, it's tough. Yeah, Ben gets so laser uh, laser focus in deer season, man. It's like he's a whole other person, different animal. Yeah. But uh, people are probably gonna be disappointed. They're gonna see white tail edge and get all excited, and then they're gonna be like, oh, it's just Dylan. I'll just make sure Dylon is like on loud and clear on the cover art. <laughs> you told me not to call you Dylon, and now I'm just calling you Dylon. So that's but how. If you put white tail edge, it'll be clickable, and then everyone will just be disappointed. That no, they won't. They won't. You're all right. You're going join in. How the hell did you get on white tail edge? Start with that as we get going, and there's more to unravel as we get moving in. Yeah. Um. So, geez, it dates back a long time. Ben had a uh, an outfitting company, uh, Wicked Ridge Outfitters. Have you ever heard of that? Mm -mm. Uh, he, I mean, he had some pretty high end clients. You know, like Bone Collector Boys were coming in, and uh, you know, having having great success there. And you know, All obviously Ohio based. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, Ben, Ben, you know, had that name from the juries and made a name for himself there. And, uh, so that's, you know, how everyone came to know Ben. And obviously that's how I knew of Ben was watching him. And, uh, you know, I was a fan of the juries and stuff like that growing up, just like I think any of us were. Of course. And, uh, so, you know, like out of high school, I was just trying to find my path and what I wanted to do. You know, I knew I didn't want to punch a clock into a nine to five, uh, which I did for a long time, you know, mm -hmm. um, it started off, you know, I was fairly young and, um, uh, Instagram was kind of new and stuff like that. And I came across Kenny Bevins, who was uh, Ben's cameraman at Drury on Instagram. And Kenny's just a, a great guy. You know, he's willing to reach out and talk to anybody. And uh, that's, you know, I came to know Kenny through like Instagram messaging back and forth. And I was like, hey, I was like, 
I know your buddy Ben has an outfitting company, Wicked Rich. And uh, he goes, yeah. And I was like, well, you should see if he's looking to hire anybody. And dude, just by fate, Ben was looking to hire somebody. And hey, this is how to shoot yeah. your shot, man. Exactly. So, you know, I was going through the ringer of nine to fives and doing a whole bunch of stuff that I didn't want to do. And uh, Ben, I was able to get in contact with Ben. Ben reaches out and he goes, yeah, I want you to come over to my place and, you know, we'll have an interview. So I'm like, all right. Shit, it's happening. Yeah. Yeah. So I go and uh, meet with Ben and we just clicked, you know, instantly and met the family and stuff like that. They treated me like family mm-hmm. and he hired me on, brought me on. And uh, I guess, as you say, that, you know, the rest is history. But, you know, yeah. there were so many, there were so many different curves and bumps along the way, you know, that kind of changed the trajectory of where I'm at now. And, uh, you know, so I was helping with the outfitting and stuff filming hunts um long story short i end up going to kentucky with ben filming a hunt uh down at austin musclemans from a homegrown experience Mm -hmm. and uh ended up getting sick like shortly after and you know didn't know what the heck was wrong with me i had zero energy like heart palpitations high fevers turns out that they believe i had rocky mountain uh spotted fever from a tick no kidding yeah and uh that turned into just about man like it was health issue after health issue did it just uh, like come out of nowhere or was like a slow gradual thing? well at first man like i i felt like i had a cold or something you know i felt like really run down zero energy and uh you know i'm sleeping in which ben will tell you like i'm a sleeper <laughs> yeah but dude it, like it was beyond any exhaustion i've ever had and uh, so I ended up going home, um, I was staying with my girlfriend at the time. And uh, one night, you know, like I ended up wet in the bed and I was like out of it, just passed out, like out of my mind, just crazy high temperature. And they took me in and uh, yeah, they believe I had Rocky Mountain. So get out of the hospital I was like a constant thing of like going back and forth to the hospital. I mean, it was scary on certain times, you know, they, they were yeah. doing tons of testing and heart rate going through the roof i'm on blood pressure medicine to this day like it it really uh screwed me up ticks are the devil man they're pretty sure that's what it was yeah like so they ended up diagnosing it like as a fever of unknown origin is what they called it but they i had a bite on me and uh when i was down there austin muscleman shot a absolute giant deer but it was covered in ticks little sea ticks and uh, I, I think, you know, I just didn't see that one, you know. And uh, well, I mean, you can't some of them you can't get it all or, you know, I, what I mean? it's just like you can't stress out about it. But I guess just shit happens. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, there's nothing I can do about it now. It's it's whatever. I mean, it's not going to stop me from going out. You know, I pull ticks off me all the time. So. <laughs> right. Yeah. So what did so, you do your stint with Whitetail Edge for a little bit? Ben's probably well, like, yeah, I mean. He- and again, it just felt like uh, it felt like God's timing, really. I mean, mm-hmm. it, I think his timing is perfect. And so what happened was, you know, I got sick. He had the bone collector boys coming in. I mean, it was early season Kentucky when I got sick. And, you know, that guiding season is about to really kick off and get full swing. He needed someone there. I couldn't do it. Like, I was in and out of the hospital and uh, it was a hard decision, but I had to leave. Uh, is the last thing I wanted to do, you know, I was working a dream job and young man. Well, uh, me and Ben always stayed in touch, you know, but mm-hmm. I started having a family, started having a bunch of kids <laughs> right. and a bunch. Um, yeah. Went to work for my dad doing construction, man. And it just, I hated it. Like I went through a pretty rough, rough spell there. Like, you know, I just wasn't happy. Mm-hmm. And especially uh, from having a taste of like doing exactly what you wanted having this something out of your control happen and then now you have to go back to a nine to five and yeah. not that all nine to fives are bad but anyone that's passionate about hunting like we're hunting we want to be working yeah our passion so exactly and you know i think that's one of the reasons why i love podcasts so much i ended up finding working class mm-hmm. you got like you already know kurt i've done told you you guys kill it you know i appreciate I that but all the time but you guys you guys run the uh, outdoor podcast game. So Thanks. like you know, I was constantly having 
uh, earbuds in because I think everyone just got sick of me talking about deer all the time. (laughs) Probably. Any job, um, any day job I had, I'm like, yeah, everyone's like, dude, was this guy shut up? I know. Well, I mean, it's like it infected my brain, man. That's all I could think about, you know? Yeah. And, um, so like I said, you know, I stayed in contact with Ben, um, you know, I kind of did some guiding and, uh, ran a lease for, uh, the boys at major league bow hunter and, you know, Chipper Jones and Duff. And, uh, I always kind of like tried to stay in the game, you know, and, um, started filming my hunts like out of high school. So, you know, before I met Ben, I was, I was filming and I really grew in love with that, you know, being able to watch your hunts back and stuff was like, I always loved bow hunting and chasing a deer, but like, it was like a whole other playing field, I guess, you know, that I like fell in love with it. Yeah. I just documentation and everything. And so I always did that, but, and like I said, Ben and I sit in contact. So I had a giant show up on camera. Um, it was the first one that I filmed for white till edges. I named him the sheriff. And, um, I told Ben, I was like, Hey man, I got a big one on camera. You know, I'm still filming and stuff. Like, is it something you would want to use? And he was like, yeah. And, um, I think I killed him within like five days and then the footage was just epic. I mean, yeah. couldn't have worked out better. And ben, you know, Ben's like, well, I guess you're on the show. That's awesome. Yeah. And, uh, so since then, you know, Ben also had- how cocky too, in a good way, like that's yeah, like, that's cocky. Hey, I got <laughs> this big buck five days later. Hey, this footage is pretty awesome. My yeah. in or am I not in? Yeah. Oct- yeah. It was October 3rd, man. And it was just like, it couldn't have worked out better. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and he was a stud, but, uh, so yeah, that's, that's kind of how, you know, I ended up getting back affiliated with white till edge. And since then, you know, I've taken over the social medias and kind of helping with marketing and stuff like that with Ben and, you know, yeah. traveling with him and filming and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. And then you guys, I mean, we're kind of skipping ahead. You guys just launched your own podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Like, the white you... till edge podcast. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. How's that I, going? Well, great, man. Well, kind of, <laughs> sorry you know geez it's a lot to learn and it wasn't like we ever want to become podcast based because we're always going to be video based um you know that's just what we do but it was just like another way like i guess there was a couple reasons why you know i've been trying to get ben to start these for a long time and it seems like every podcast that ben is on the the host reaches out and they're like hey ben like this podcast is doing great you know like because of you and you know people just want to hear what ben has to say i mean the guy is so knowledgeable. He knows so much. Yeah. Uh, you know, I just think he's such a wealth of knowledge. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, we release a season of white to ledge, but you know, that's only for like what, one or two months tops. Yeah. And then we're out of content kind of. Yeah. And so there's so much you can say on a show, like a video format show. Exactly. So it was just like one other way for us to get some content to our followers and, mm-hmm kind of show some appreciation to them you know they're always messaging us and asking like a lot of the same questions and stuff so i just felt like it was another way for us to cover their questions and kind of give them content yeah i like it it's a great idea and i feel bad like you know ben hunts i mean not real close to where we're at you know i'm not blowing up anybody's spot but like definitely drivable distance where we could have you guys in studio and we've been trying to make it happen it just hasn't it's yeah, that's people think like you can't just the hunting's good. We're hunting. We're doing. We're yeah. hunters first. Well, you guys had uh, you guys had some folks in and stuff like that, and Ben ended up leaving a little bit early. And then you know when I could have done something, you know Devin and and Trey were there, I believe. And, yep, it was just crazy, know, so, crazy yeah, time. Oh man, it's all good. We'll we'll figure something out, dude. So- Going talking deer hunting, we will get that done. So everyone that wants like a full length WCB off the walls beer drinking podcast, that's gonna happen. I don't know how much beer you drink or how much beer Ben drinks, but we always find a way to get people to drink beer when they're here. We don't really drink. I mean, we could pull we could pour some coffee and some beer cans, I guess. Okay. <laughs> Whatever we gotta do to make it work. We'll just get you caffeined up and, and call it yeah. good. I feel there we go. I feel bad. I'm over here drinking beer, which it's like what what's what else is new, but there we go. <laughs> That's all right. Hey, we have a lot of people who don't drink on the podcast, but they uh, we, we put out the energy and they get to match the energy. That's what really matters. Yeah. But we'll get into some dicey topics. I think when you guys are in, we talk about some stuff that can kind of get 
people hot the listeners hot in a good way and interactive good at that. We'll, think, we'll think of some ideas on that one it won't be hard at that you know a lot of people hate him because of the crossbow talk and corn piles you know but we'll get into that another okay. time. okay okay to be continued but you've had a stellar season so far um yeah. i mean you you guys are always killing it there's no doubt about it. Like there's, there's people in the industry you just count on are going to kill a deer or be in big deer. And anyone with whitetail edge is in that conversation. Um, Thanks. So you killed a great buck. Your mom killed an amazing buck. So yeah. you're like Doug's mom always outshines him. <laughs> and I don't know if you have that same thing going on, but uh, let's talk about the season so far. Okay. So yeah. Um, the You know, the, Ben struck first. I can't remember the exact date on that, but it was two days before I killed. Um, he had a buck he named Tallboy on a farm, an older mature deer. I mean, dude, he had some absolute slammers this year in Ohio, and some of them were younger deer, you know, that he just wanted to wait out on and yeah, uh, what have you. He ended up having one that was a uh, four-and-a-half-year-old. We actually po- uh, posted it on uh, our social media uh, we named him Magnum. I don't know if you saw that year. He had like double drop tines on one side, but he ended up dying. Did. He ended up dying from EHD. That's a bummer, uh, man. Yeah. Well, we have never had a bout with it with uh, EHD. Ben's never had it, like had to really deal with it in Ohio. But it, Iowa gets clobbered with it. Yeah. Well, it, it hit hard here in Ohio this year. Bad. So, uh, but I guess, you know, we started off, I filmed Ben, he shot a, an absolute stud, um, in Ohio called tall boy, mm-hmm. uh, epic hunt, great footage. And one of the things was, um, me and Ben, we have not had the best of luck together, like filming, like we've actually the worst luck, like the craziest things happen. And, uh, so Ben shot this giant on camera and I, you know, I pan over to Ben and he goes, oh, we'll just get that monkey off our back. (laughs) And, um, but he was an absolute stud deer. I can't wait for everyone to see, uh, see that footage. It was pretty epic. And, uh, and then a couple of days after that, I shot a buck that I named tat. Um, it was, um, my first urban deer hunting, uh, experience. Uh, Yeah, it was, it was really cool, man. It was a crazy experience. What, describe urban because I know urban can mean like there's urban tags in Iowa and I know guys like it's considered urban but they're still hunting like ag fields and stuff and then nah. I, I hear urban guys are in housing division or you know subdivision ravines that's where I was does it feel does it feel motivating like, uh what I mean by that is I if I if I can see my truck from my tree stand it takes a little bit of like I don't know what it does, but it makes me, I don't feel as confident. If I'm by a house, I'm like, ah, even though there's probably still a good chance to kill. Does that make sense? It does, man. And like, I went in with this mindset of this urban hunting, like it was going to be a cakewalk. Um, Especially with the seek one boys, you know, they make it look so easy sometimes. Mm -hmm. Um, Sometimes, you know, like I see, I have great respect for Lee Ellis, man. He like, you know, he's a go getter. Like I see him knocking on doors and I can just relate with that. And the whole reason I tried urban hunting, you know, I've always hunted in like a country setting always. Mm, Right. And in Ohio, it's gotten tough. You know, farms are getting chunked up. Everyone is, it's just crazy, man. Like you get a 40 acre block, 10 people own it. Um, Hunting permission is extremely hard. I've lost leases to preservation parks. Um, you know, can't even lease anymore. Like it's just, you know, I, I don't know. Like I've put so much time into calling people and knocking on doors. I mean, by the thousands, Yeah. I mean, my deer cast map looks like it has polka dot. I mean, like chicken pox, you know, Yeah. of all the people that I've called. <clears throat> well, dude, anything from Ohio to all the way over into probably Nebraska, that entire stretch, it's like impossible to find permission pieces. Public pieces are getting hammered if you if you're in or are not into that, and it's just getting tough. Illinois is bad, but any mostly any state that you can get over the counter buck tag in, it's really bad. Yeah. Illinois, Indiana, Ohio, I think even Wisconsin has 
over-the-counter tags for non-residents. Mm-hmm. It's like that everywhere. It's it's a I don't really know what to think of it. There's an argument in there somewhere. I don't know. To a point, it's kind of depressing. I it mean, is. You never thought, you know, when I was a kid, like I never thought trying to find a place to hunt would be so hard. But it's so much more to me than just a place to hunt, though. Like I want to find a giant. Yeah. And uh, I don't really like to take no for an answer. Like I'm gonna callous up my hand knocking on doors mm-hmm. and i do um and you know for the past three years i've hunted on brand new properties yeah three years in a row like that's it is what it is and it's fine like like i said you know i'm not going to take no for an answer but well the problem is what happens that is part of it because you're killing good deer on permission pieces and then all of a sudden somebody's distant relatives like oh i want to hunt there now and then you lose it that sounds familiar it sounds familiar. I bet I've been yeah. on that road. And yeah. And what annoys me the most is like, when you do that, you talk to people, man, I wish I had a piece like that. That must be nice. Like, wait, are you doing any of the work to get yeah. a piece? Like it well, doesn't just come, Hey, go hunt there. I don't care about anything. Have at it. Take some yeah. work. Yeah. Well, I mean, that was like one of the big things. Like, you know, I posted some of my hunt, like some of my hunts on our YouTube and I see those comments roaring in like, no, if I had food plots like that, and like, dude, like you have no idea what I've through. Like Mm -hmm. you have zero idea. So while you're sitting there typing, I'm going to keep calling people. I'm going to keep knocking on doors. I'm going to find a giant and you can just sit there and complain, I guess, you know, (laughs) yeah, get your backpack sprayer out and your hand rake and go put your own food plot in on whatever you have. And if you can't figure out a spot and hustle and get your piece where you're allowed to do it, and then if you're not willing to do that, then you just can't say anything. Yeah, dude, I'll till a food plot with a fork. <laughs> right. I mean, if you got to do it, that's what you got to do. I yeah. mean, I have equipment now for the first time in my life. And is it equipped? Dude, it's equipment that is um, very budget friendly. It leaks. I got, you know what I mean? It, but I've but I've done it, though. We've all done it. Like, yeah. I put food plots in with a steel rake before. Yeah. Well, dude, when you uh, when you get the keys to a brand new New Holland or something one day, you're gonna appreciate it so much more. Oh yeah, you know, just like Ben, man, I see like Ben all the time. He's like, dude, like I've been there where you're at, like you know, because sometimes I do, I get frustrated. Mm-hmm. I get frustrated by getting told no, and like you know, I kind of get down in the dumps a little bit. But he's like, I've been there. Now Ben owns some ground. And stuff like that so you know it's inspiring for a guy like me to know like he came from exactly where i'm at yeah and that, oh, it is possible i can't well, under i think it's easily forgotten and that like most of these big time guys or uh, big legendary brands or big butt killing brands in the outdoor industry all came from humble beginnings they weren't just like a lot of these guys i would say most of them it's not daddy's money yeah you know what i mean it's built they built their success through hustle and hard work and whether it's working in another construction business and then funding their side hustle which is their hunting content project they're doing the work it wasn't they didn't just walk on to what you see mark jury kill right now he didn't just have that and have has always had that Yep. the same way like you're always working to evolve like if you're putting food plots in with a fork right now in 15 years, you're like, man, I'll have a tractor by then. Yeah. I'm working hard for something. Hopefully. <laughs> but you never know, right? That's kind of what, yeah. if you did know, you probably wouldn't work as hard. Dude, if I didn't have the tractor, though, I'd still do it. Like, Yeah. It sucks I mean, more. No doubt. Yeah. For you're sure, doing. But this when, goes when back into you. We're going back into you hunting urban. So we're yeah. bringing this back, we promise. But I just yeah. want to get on that a little bit. It's always good combo. Well, I think it's just, it's so important, you know, when I, I, it frustrates me to see those, you know, those keyboard warriors talking that crap. And it's like, dude, you wouldn't do half the things that I do to get, to get access, you know, like Ben all the time. He's like, geez, he's like, I can't believe like how many, you know, properties you've picked up this year. And it's just like, I like to cast a big net, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, And I think almost like, like I see what Ben goes through as a landowner now too. And there's definitely some, some cons to owning land, you know, whether that be neighbors, I mean, you're putting so much into that property you own and the variables are just stacked against you. I mean, you know, so there's definitely some big cons to owning land too. And I, 
I kind of like where I'm at right now, honestly. Yeah. You know, it's like getting permission and stuff. But yeah, let's get back to the urban deal and why I even gave that a shot. You know, like I said, I always hunted in the country setting. You know, I was having a lot of bad luck losing leases, losing permission properties. You know, year after year, there was a lot of turnover. And uh, so this year, you know, I started looking at DeerCast Maps a lot. Uh, they're one of our our sponsors now at Whitetail Edge, which is super cool. You know that that Ben is working with the juries again and stuff like that. But uh, yeah, yeah, makes perfect but, sense. Yeah, looking at DeerCast Maps, that's a huge tool in my arsenal as a as a guy that's looking for permission. And um, started looking at those properties that a lot of people are overlooking. I gave up on the big properties that are hundred acres over and i started looking at those tens those fives i started looking at this property is connected to this big farm and there's a nice funnel coming into this little spot here started moving cameras here in the summer started doing a lot of glassing along mm -hmm. with the door and dude i was able to find some some really nice deer this year and uh, i met a guy i'm not going to say his name i'm not going to say which police department he works for but he That's runs nice. an an urban deer hunting division he knows uh who he is so i appreciate you buddy yeah shout out to him he knows <laughs> yeah so um you know he starts talking to me about it and i'm like man like i've been wanting to try it you know i'm gonna go all in and started started looking for properties he kind of helped me a little bit and i ended up finding a big deer um he was i don't know where to go with this but like so I went in with this mindset that it was going to be easy, mm -hmm. uh, kind of, you know, taking, taking candy from a baby type deal. Why and is that? Why, why did you think that? I don't know. You know, those deer you think are so used to people and your scent's not going to matter. Yeah. They're like uh, drinking out of kiddie pools and shit. Yeah. My <laughs> access, my access is going to be under the swing set. I'm going to go down the slide and get my stand. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Go so, through the hopscotch set up there on the side of the house. Yeah right that's why that's what i think when i think urban hunting for the most part me too and uber to my spot but uh <laughs> uber to, yeah, yeah get out yeah thanks yeah right but so yeah so that's kind of what i was thinking yeah like this is going to be a walk in the park no pun intended <laughs> yeah right <laughs> but um so i ended up getting access uh i found this deer um i knocked on one door it was a no and I got three properties that surrounded it. Mm -hmm. One of them was in a different city. And uh, another thing is like, I had to go through the police department. I had to jump through a bunch of hoops, archery proficiency tests, you know, full background check. There's a lot of stuff I had to do that would probably weed a lot of people out. Yeah. Like guys with neck uh, tattoos aren't hunting in the city. Yeah. You, you would be like, you wouldn't be like, <laughs> occur like you can't go in the backyard there's kids around i'm like all right i tried <laughs> so the crazy thing about this deer was um i i had him on one camera but i realized the deer's moving a lot so i got permission across the street but the thing was it was right on the city line so this deer was going from city a to city b all the time so mm -hmm. i through another police department and so I could hunt the spot across the road. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I don't think I could ever have another story like this, you know, in the ass it sounds like, but it was, but it, you know, definitely worked out and was, was good. But, um, I was hunting pretty close to a house, um, had this deer pretty frequent throughout the summer, um, ended up getting a Novix hung up in there. Well, you know, three, four weeks before the season opener, um season opener if i remember right it was pretty warm i kind of stayed out does the uh, urban season open the same time as just like normal season yep okay yep. yep um and so i ended up filming ben we got that deer done and i was making a move on on my deer you know and the fascinating part about the deer was um i had to give him the wind 100 percent because I like that parcel was so small that I couldn't move around or else, you know, I would be infringing on other people's property. Ah, how weird. Yeah. I mean, it was just, so my access and where my stand placement was, was I was set up to where if that deer came behind me, 
he was going to be walking in their yard and really exposing himself. Mm -hmm. And what was happening was this deer was coming. He was bedding up on this ridge uh, south of me. And he was overlooking the neighbor's house. He was sitting high up on a ridge. He was overlooking the neighbor's house and he would work his, his way north stage up in this area perfectly where I had my tree stand before feeding out in this big grass field. Mm -hmm. Um, literally off of a freeway in between a residential road. Um, there just wasn't a whole lot of room for like me to move, but I felt like my access was perfect. Right. And if my scent game was on point, I felt confident I could beat this deer, but watching the cameras, he would only come in on a northerly type wind. So we're talking, saying that, you know, like you say, you had to give him your wind. What are we talking like, because I'm trying to wrap my head around. I'm now picturing like tight housing subdivision. You're in these people's backyards. Like I don't, I'm not picturing a lot of woods in here, but like what makes this buck spooked from somebody in their backyard versus spooked from you just another 30 yards in your tree. Well, so and it, I like it too specific. Don't give your spot away, but no, no, I won't. But so where that deer was bedding up on that Ridge, he can see that whole neighbor's house. And what's going on? I mean, you'd almost like to think that these deer kind of know people's schedules, like okay. what what's what's normal and what's normal out of like what's normal and what's not normal out of these people. So, like, let's just say at my parents, for instance, they live in the country setting, but they have a big hay field right by their house that, you know, their driveway runs right beside. Mm -hmm. So if they're like out by their driveway or out by their house, the deer that are in the hay field, they'll just watch them and they're fine. But if you were to get in that big maple tree right in the middle of that hay field, that's 40 yards on out, you're going to scare them every time. Yeah. So those urban deer, they just know where it's normal for people to be and for them not to be. And okay. that's my perspective of these city deer was uh, it was wrong. It was like, like when does it you probably thought when doesn't really matter as much because they're just always smelling people and dogs and everything. Yeah. Like that. But what yeah. they're not it was smelling somebody that close or maybe up in a tree. Yeah. And I bet I really do. I mean, obviously deer can tell a difference in that. Yeah. And this deer was old. I mean, this was the first year I hunted this deer. So I didn't know exactly how old he was. I was going to age him with the jawbone, but I just never did. I was just got lazy. I don't know why I wanted to know how old the deer was, but yeah, I just did. Yeah. So, and just to explain this deer real quick, like he had a weak side, one big side, points everywhere uh he ended up having 25 scorable points yeah just super cool deer um but he had an injury uh let's see it'd be on his left hoof affected his right side his right side was weaker but um yeah big swollen up hoof i mean it was kind of nasty mm -hmm. but um so anyway back to my access you know he was betting on this ridge he could see the neighbor's yard he was sitting up high and then he would work his way with the wind uh, north wind right in his face he would come and he would sweep out into this grass field so he would stage where i had my stand and so i realized like the pictures i'm getting he's only coming in on a northerly wind mm -hmm. and that's it and so opener comes we get a north wind and he daylights that's the only time he would daylight i should say like he would you. still win, but he would only daylight on a north wind i got you and so season comes, I don't know which date it was, but um, a north wind comes. I didn't hunt. I just wanted to see what would happen on that north wind. And sure enough, he daylights. The next two days are going to be a north wind, northerly type wind. And, you know, pressure's rising. Deer cast says good. Like it's, it's going to get good. Ben kills. I go out the very next day. Um, I got this three-year-old super eight point, just beautiful deer come in Um comes in downwind kind of knows something's up but you know like i'm i've taken my scent elimination to a whole other level this this season knowing I, i'm gonna have to give this deer my win and uh, so this three-year-old eight point comes in i get the pass with him he stages up in there and ends up working his way to my right out of my life and uh, he comes back in from the right 
like right underneath me and working his way directly downwind. So it was a uh, or northwest wind that mm-hmm. night. Grass field off to my left, the one that, you know, was like a destination feed. So northwest, eight point gets right here, probably 15 yards from me. I got this all on video. I'm self-filming. And uh, I look up and tap is out in that grass field, like on the edge. And he's scent checking everything before he, you know, comes in and stages in there. And um, I'm like, oh, man, you know, this eight point is 15 yards from me. And I don't know if he caught me moving. You know, I'm trying to I got the camera like up here. I had it too high. But the way I was tucked in this tree, I had this like bird's nest around me. It was beautiful. Mm -hmm. beautiful. But I had to have the camera a little bit higher. And so I don't know if he saw me, but I mean, dude, he just had me pegged. And I'm like, man, like the only crack I could possibly get at this deer and this freaking eight point is going to ruin it for me. Mm-hmm. You know? uh, so Tat starts working his way in. I think he steps on a stick. The eight point turns around. So I'm like, all right, this is perfect. I grab my bow. I get stood up. Tat's working his way in. And the eight point starts like stomping. And I'm like, oh, man, like, you know, he's literally 12, 15 yards Tack comes in and he starts turning around. And so I drew and, uh, how close is he at this point? He's like 25, 30 yards. Okay. And he just had me rattled and I took a shot. Honestly, like, I don't even know why I took the shot. Like for just a quick moment, I had a quartering away hard and I thought I could tuck it up in there and like right when I like shoot, like he turns and it's like a straight shot now. So the video, it just, the shot looks ridiculous. Yeah. I'm like, why, why did I even take that shot? So he runs out in that grass field to my left about 50 yards and um, ends up just trotting off. And I mean, I was crushed. I'm like, man, like you just don't get that many opportunities, you know, like yeah. how many opportunities you get with an old mature deer like that? Yeah. You know, I'm not thinking. Many. Yeah, I'm thinking he's six plus. Um, and I'm just like, man, I blew it. And so, so mixed, it like bounce off the kid's slide and put a hole <laughs> in the kiddie pool. And <laughs> like, yeah, pay <laughs> for that. So let me explain here. So ahead of me, it's it pinches down. <laughs> I didn't mean draw. to put you on blast there. Yeah. Okay. So it's a timber funnel ridge system. You know, it pinches down a lot, and that's mm. what I'm facing with that grass field to the left. I can't see any houses, really. Yeah, yeah. And, and then so it opens up uh, the farther you go south, and that's where he was bedding, and it opens up in this big, bigger timber. And um, so anyway, he ends up taking off, and I'm like, you know, it's early still. I'm like, man, what do I do? Like, I called Ben and told him and what what happened, and I'm like, I think I should just get out. You know, like it's early. I'm going to just let things chill. My Luminox sitting there lighted up. I'm like, you know, if he comes in, I don't want him to see that and like freak out. Yeah. So I, I get down, grab my arrow, head home. It's an hour drive home, a long hour drive home. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say that you just sit in your own thoughts for an hour, listening to Gary Allen. <laughs> yeah. Just, and, yeah, uh, just having, so having a time. Yeah. I, I get home. And uh, it's just now getting the last light and uh, my Spartan goes off and I saw him like way in the background of this picture. And I'm like, Oh man, like, so now I'm thinking, so instantly I run out to my truck, I grab all my stuff out of my tote, throw it back in the washer, wash it again. Like I'm doing all kinds of crazy stuff and complaining to my wife, you know, like I, I don't, I don't know how many times she heard me say, I can't believe I missed him. Well, Hey, you can't kill big bucks if your wife sucks. So shout out to her for listening to everything you had to say. Oh, dude, she is the best. She listens to everything. Like, I'm so impressed. Like, sometimes she goes, man, should you be getting ready to hunt? Like, there's a good cold friend. The pressure's rising. I'm like, gosh, I love you. Yeah, yeah. You want to yeah, have another baby? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, capped out. Yeah. So um, she listens to you basically whine. pour your soul out and whine. Yeah, it was a rough night, but dude, I had a lot of hope after that, you know, like I beat his nose, like he knew something was up, but he just couldn't 
pinpoint me. Like, you know, I was, I wouldn't even let her hug and kiss me goodbye. Yeah. You know, you had all my face palm as she goes in to give you a hug. Just yeah. grab her face. Not exactly. now. I'm like, in the zone. But don't touch me. Yeah. 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 Don't <laughs> touch me. So, um, there was definitely some positives to take away from that night of missing that deer. And that was, you know, I was able to beat his nose. <clears throat> uh, ben hates when I say that beat them. I, you're never fully beating them. They're just not. I fooled him. How about that? You fooled them. That's the best. That's probably the most humble way to really say it. Cause that's what you're doing. You just yeah, got, I, I got lucky. Yeah, really. I it mean, is luck, but you wouldn't have got past them if you wouldn't have been taking like, extreme scent control measures no dude not at all like if i if it was a careless scent control like man it would have never happened i probably would have never even seen that deer mm -hmm. so <clears throat> that night i wash all my stuff again um hanging it outside for the night to, the next day looks good i got one more north wind um it switches from a northwest to a northeast um so I'm like, let's go. You know, I got that can I got that picture of him at last light, probably too dark for footage. And that's, you know, that's the main goal. If I'm not going to get footage of him, I'm not going to shoot it. Mm -hmm. But um, so, you know, definitely some pros to take from it. I gear up for the next day, go back out, get out nice and early, um, switches to a Northeast this time. And dude, he comes in from my right this time. Mm-hmm. You know, just straight downwind again. And um, not to like pump product, but I had a Black Widow. I, you know, we use Black Widow uh, deer scents. And I have this dominant buck scent and I'm just pumping it. And I did that the night before too. But I mean, I probably used a whole bottle between the two nights. I'm just pumping this dominant urine, you know, just trying to do anything to, to fool this deer. He comes in from my right, completely downwind. And it takes him like 30 minutes to work his way in, dude. And it was like wow. the longest 30 minutes of my life. <laughs> he was super on edge. How far was he? I mean, I know he's slowly working to you. Like, but when you first see him, how far is he? Oh, he was betting on that ridge again. He walked the top of the ridge. And the first time I saw him, he was probably like 45 yards. Okay. So he was just, dude, I mean, he was just taking his time, staging in there. Yeah. Is what he was doing. And um, so... I'm like, I don't think I've ever been so rattled by a deer, you know, like you grow so obsessed with a certain deer, you know, yeah. you, you spend so much time and effort with that one deer. You're trying to do everything right. You've got so much invested. Like when it, when you finally see them and it's about to happen, like I'd rather it just happen fast and get it over with. I, I, I would too, at times I'm pulling up the picture of your deer here so I can stare yeah. at them as you're talking. I, you know, <laughs> I, that's a good, that's a topic for when you guys are in studio, like come in fast or come in slow, but yeah, I don't know. Anyway, I'm sorry. No, you're good. I, I, I like to happen it happen fast, but dude, this buck had me so rattled and frazzed, you know, from missing him the night before, like I'm already in my head a little bit. Yeah. You know, and I shot my bow that, that, that day before I went out, it was a, it was an evening hunt. So, you know, I spent the day shooting and uh, I was completely dialed and ready. And uh, so 40 yards, he's staging up in there. I know he's going to come in. He's just taking his time. I've, I've got great footage. I'm self-filming still. He's coming in with two other bucks. Uh, you know, it's still early. It's, I think, I think it was September 28th I killed him. Oh, gee. Ohio's, yeah. you're in, well, wherever state you were in, opens yeah, that early? Bro. Yeah. This season, it it was it's always the uh what is it the last saturday of september oh i don't know why i was thinking i i think i knew that but i was thinking you guys opened october 1 so it opened on the 24th and i shot him on either the 28th or 29th i can't remember damn okay i, I, I in my head for some reason i was just thinking this was october but okay no, so it always opens on that last Saturday of September, and it just happened to fall on the 24th this year, which was, like, really early. Mm -hmm. It was like, so, you know, they're still kind of bachelored up. I, and the reason I say that is because I got comments. I posted a little reel, and I posted, uh, 
that video of him coming in on our YouTube and they're like, Oh, this is high fence. Look at all the other bucks with them and stuff. I'm like, no dude, like, or they said like, what kind of zoo are you in and stuff like that? I'm like, really well, good zoo. A lot of deer yeah. in this zoo actually. It's the Midwest and it's early. So they're kind of still grouped up, but. <laughs> okay. Uh, okay. <laughs> so he comes in with that eight point that was in there the night before with him. Yeah. And uh, so I've got a good three-year-old deer that's got some good senses on him, along with this older buck that I already missed. You know, he's already kind of on alert. He's coming in. He's taking his time, really just, you know, downwind 100%. I'm pumping that Dominator spray. And uh, he ends up coming in to 20, 25 yards, roughly, and um, stands there forever facing me kind of like mm -hmm. so if you ever see the footage which you will and i don't know if you ever saw the reels i posted of them but i'm you know my camera's two foot to my right and so the angle that the camera sees is like why did you take that shot because he's quartering yeah but with me sitting two feet to the left i'm seeing something totally different than what this camera is seeing and the whole time you know 25 yards it's a chip shot I'm sitting there debating, like, you know, what I'm seeing is lungs exiting what liver may be yep. coming out. It's like lethal shot. Yeah, for sure. And for six and a half minutes or so, you know, I'm like debating, like, do I take this shot? And finally, like, I make it up in my mind, like, dude, if this deer just decides to turn and just walk out of my life, like I couldn't, maybe I won't have a shot again, which yeah. I probably would have. But, you know, I'm not going to take the chance. If I've got a lethal shot at 20, 25 yards, I'm probably yeah, going to take he's it. He's right there right now. Yeah. So I had to clear some branches. I made some adjustments from that night before. I noticed that I was going to have to stand up to shoot. But I trimmed some branches and stuff out of my way as I got sat in there so I could sit down and still have this nest of, you know, cover and foliage around me. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, I felt like standing up, I was kind of exposing myself because there was kind of a bare spot in the tree. So I wanted to make sure like I could sit down and shoot. Yeah. And uh, so I was going to, but then like he had his head down. And so I was like, well, I'm just going to stand up. And so I stand up. Everything's good. I go ahead and pull back. And it's like he was just he goes back like this to bite, you know, bite on himself. It's going to scratch himself and i was like oh my gosh you know he just exposes everything yeah and uh so i let one fire dude and i actually spine shot him like it was so weird because it doesn't look like an extremely high hit but um he did duck a little but you know i mean i still made a bad shot it was still high mm -hmm. but i did spine shoot him so he drops and i'm like oh my gosh gotta get another arrow in him i get another arrow in him and uh, killed him. So, like, the spine shot and stuff was like, dang it. Like, I didn't want to do that. Yeah. But you never want to do that. But yeah. So, it kind of like ruined my excitement at first. But, you know, well, walking up. A spine shot will kind of knock the wind out of you because all you think about is another arrow. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you can hear me in the video. I'm like, no, 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 no. Yeah. You yeah. Know? But um, yeah. So, I was able to get another arrow in him. And so he ran zero yards. Yeah. Well, he actually crawled like, 15 yards yeah and that's like, that's worse you're like take it oh i know dude it looks it looked bad you know but like yeah but hey got you, you got to get another arrow in i'm like that's the number one priority right after that first hit. footage footage went out the window i was like i'm gonna get another arrow and i'm like i'm not gonna follow this here as he's like trying to crawl no yeah good on you i got a quick arrow on him hurry up and got down like all the cameras were like left rolling you know i'd care less at that point i just wanted to make sure you know he was taken care of and yeah he was so but um, yeah, dude, it, and the body was just enormous. I was like, holy crap, he was a <laughs> giant, man. That's awesome, dude. That's so awesome. It was, it was special, man. It was quite the urban experience. And, you know, I learned a lot about those deer in particular. You know, yeah. I just, like I said, you know, I just thought it was going to be a whole lot easier. And it turns out it wasn't, you know. And yeah, no, that's good. I'm glad I know that because I had that, I kind of have that. Not that I thought, you know, killing a big buck anywhere is not easy, but I kind of had that perception as well, a little bit, not knowing. Yeah. Well, then being around all those people and stuff, I mean, it's kind of hard not to. Yeah. 
have that perspective and I totally get people that were probably going to end up bashing me on the video and, you know, saying, but you know, I, I was so open about it. You know, I, every time I went in there, I was like, this is my urban spot. You know, this is what I'm going to be doing in here today. And, um, you know, kind of leading up to it, dude, he had some trees in there that were just giant, just shredded. And, you know, all of a sudden yeah. it makes you a little excited. Everybody but, in the uh, subdivision's mad because all their fresh <laughs> plant tree. <laughs> so yeah. you, when you, to get them out of there, did you like, Hey, you know, knock on Brad's door. Can I borrow your lawnmower with your mulching trailer so I can go in and get them out? So I don't have to drive my, <laughs> you know what I mean? No, it was a pretty short drag. Um, he called a buddy and he came out to help me load them up and, you know, so. That's um, awesome, man. Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah. So he had 25 scoreable. I'm not trying to brag, but it was my biggest year. That's 25, awesome. 25 scoreable points, just stuff everywhere. I mean, it kind of reminded me of, um, uh Devin's like barnacle buck yeah yeah all the bases are just crazy all over the bases it just made them really cool um chocolate horns and stuff like that and uh buck masters you know like a true like gross score the, they scored him at 178 yeah a little bit looking at the picture you got of him he does have a lot of crazy like crazy curved up hook points and stuff like that on that weak side he's got like these devil horns it looks like like a pitchfork almost like yeah, I don't know. We're cool. He's just very unique. Old hog, dude. Yeah, very cool. That's a very unique buck. That's awesome. Yeah, he was awesome. So uh, the footage was amazing on the night I missed him and the night I killed him. So tons of history on the Spartans and stuff. So I'm just super excited, you know, for everyone to show that or, you know, see that. You know, yeah. I work so hard filming and documenting everything all summer long. Like you're going to see me knocking on doors like crazy. And when's this episode launch? Roughly? Uh, we try to launch our episodes like july you know okay. like right, right when everyone's getting excited about deer season and putting cameras out and stuff like that we yeah. like to kind of you know stoke oh, the makes fire sense. yeah makes sense that's right when our pot like you know you see that in the you'll see that too because you're a I, you're a podcaster now yeah you'll see that with the download numbers like right now they're good and then they dip and then they get july they just start throttling up again because everyone's you know, I stay in all that stuff because we live it, but there's a lot of guys that throttle out and then throttle back in. Yeah. So you'll see but me. I'm searching for content all year long. You know, I'm just, I'm a student of the game. I want to learn as much as I can and podcasts are, you know, one way to, you know, learn so much. And, you know, it's almost like you, you listen to these podcasts and different guests, you know, like you've had so many knowledgeable guests on and there's just a plethora of information out there to where, you could really create like a monster, you know, you're talking, you're listening to what Mark Jury's tactics are and you hop over on this podcast, you're listening to Lee Lukoski's, you know, yeah, you can really create like a monster of this guy's tactics and take this guy's, it's almost like space jam, those little aliens. And take <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, and that's what blows my mind. And I'm not like calling anybody out specifically, but there's like, so there's two categories. We're pushing time here. So we might have to do your mom's story here at the studio when you come here and talk about how she killed a bigger buck than, than you, but no, it wasn't bigger. <laughs> it wasn't. It looks, it looks massive. I thought it was, but, um, but we'll just say that for the sake of the podcast. Right. But yeah, we do need see, to talk about that deer though. Yeah, for sure. Well, yeah. You see guys that are, well, there's people who started podcasting that already had a name in the space. And there's people who started as a podcaster as pod started a podcast and just didn't have a name anywhere else before that. And the majority of people who started the podcast, I don't know. I don't say that even the majority, there's a lot of guys who have podcasts that don't kill deer that try to educate on killing deer, whether it's them telling you how to do it with no results. They walk the walk, they don't talk the talk, but then all their guests walk the walk and talk the talk, but you kind of look at that. You're like, man, how come, how come you've never applied all this information you've gotten from guests over X amount of episodes in your own deer hunting? Yeah. So, to me, it kind of, it blows my mind. Like you just have no results, but you're taking the best classes you can take in this topic. Exactly. You have a degree as a doctor, but you just never figured out how to actually be a doctor. It's like, what are you doing? <laughs> I've met that doctor before. <laughs> right, right. It's like, what do you, what, what did you do all those classes and spend all that money for and, you know, dedicate all that time. And you're just like, you never applied anything you learned in your classes to actually being a doctor. No one's going to go to your practice. Yeah. I mean, still no, do that with, with hunting content. 
Yeah, no offense to any of those people, but I mean, that's not the podcast I want to listen to. I want to listen to, oh, right? You know, like I want to listen to people that have been there, done that, and I want to listen to their guests that have been there and done that. Like, I just don't want to listen to people that are either below me or like that sounds terrible. <laughs> <laughs> There's no good way to talk about it without ca- sounding a little bit like an a hole, a little bit. Yeah. I just I, I want to learn from the best. Yes. Best way to, you know, put it like there's, like I said, you know, there's just so much information out there and, you know, like the white tillage podcast, for instance, like no one's going to want to listen to the white tillage podcast unless Ben's on it. I do. You're, you're, you're not giving yourself enough credit. Well, I'm just saying like, no one knows who until they get familiar with what you've done on that podcast. Yes, you're right. Probably. But as people listen and get familiar with who you are, you know what you're talking about, obviously. Otherwise, the story would have been so lame. And <laughs> and I would have been like, this guy's full of shit. But until people get that and become regular with it, you got to think, our podcast, nobody knew who we were, episode one. Yeah. We didn't have a Ben or a Mark Drury to co-host us until they were like, all right, you're good. Now we're taking off the training wheels. Yeah. It's just a hustle. That's all it is. But- uh, it it does give you motivation though, you know, to become that person. And obviously, like I want to have. I'm a not a 200 inch butt killer by any means. I'm not yeah. saying that. Me neither. I'm still like kind of in that. I'm still in a stage. You know, me and Ben Rising and Mark Jury and stuff like that. Like we're in different stages. I believe almost like you and I are probably in that same stage still, where you know, like we're not going to let a good four year old 160 walk past us probably. I can't do it. It's tough. Yeah. I'm not going to do it either. Yeah. You know, like there's still bucks that are too tempting for me that Ben would let walk, but sure. it's just, like it, this is all part of the process. Like hundred percent, you know, yeah. my wall doesn't look like Ben's. Uh, hopefully one day, probably not going to look like Ben's. Yeah. But like, you know, Ben was in that process too, at one point where, you know, he Bro. wasn't going to let four year old one sixty walk either. Yeah. You for know, sure. so, uh, I'm still building a resume, but I want to listen to Same. the guys that the resume, like Ben Rising or Mark Jury, like people yeah. that have really figured this out. Like we can take their tactics and create a monster. Hundred percent. And I guess what I was getting, there's guys not building a resume that are still trying to be like they are building a resume. I guess like guys can be good talkers with no results, and that makes their show probably listenable. But I like to know, like when I support someone's brand, whether it's outside the hunting industry or in it, I want to know the person with the brand. Yeah. And for sure. If I'm into drag racing and this guy's a really good talker and he's telling me all about drag racing, and then I look into him to like, oh, cool, I want to learn about this host. I enjoy his show. If I found out he doesn't know anything about drag racing, nor he's never even drag raced, he's never won a race. Then why the hell am I going to listen to anything that guy's got to say? Now, yeah. It's different too. Like, I, there's a lot of ways to slice that, and there's a lot of debates and a lot of arguments in there. But I think it's, it's fun conversation. That's it. It is. It is. So, but just saying. And then another thing, you know, you can listen to all these people and try to create that monster, but there's still stuff that you've got to learn on your own. Like, there's so much that I have learned just on my own from failing. Like, dude carrying a camera in the woods and self-filming is so hard mm-hmm. like there's so much there's things that you're gonna run into and whether it be your setup or what happened and you're gonna like you're just gonna know next time well i'm not gonna do that i'm gonna have it set up here but you know those those variables change and it comes with experience that you're gonna learn things along the way from maybe nobody can teach you yeah you know, sure. there's it all comes down to experience real experience absolutely i agree with that so let's talk about we're we're running short on time but i want to talk about your mom's buck real quick i do too so we'll make this short uh mom is pretty new to hunting i i think maybe five six years of hunting Mm -hmm. they own acres my parents do um mom you know has cut her teeth just like any of us have and trying to you know she's just learning she's learning as much as she can she's a pretty good student too um but uh so we had a buck this year you know she's never shot anything real big like 
some dinkers actually, mm-hmm. but you know, it's all part of the process again. It is. She, she skipped a couple of steps this year. Um, <laughs> so I had this buck show up on the Spartan this year and, um, I think I had him last year and I'll, I'll have to look into this, but, um, super tiny body, huge, huge rack, 14 points, kicker off at G2, tall tines. I'm like, dude, this deer is serious. Like yeah. this deer genetics that you'll never see again in your life. Knowing for sure, like this deer's three, there's zero doubt this deer's four. Like his body's just the reel you posted of the deer right now while you're talking you about tell, this. You can tell he's three. <laughs> right? Or I mean you look at, of her you sitting at, with it. Oh, okay. So if you look at my Instagram, Kurt, like I think the night before I posted a real a trail cam video. Yep. Look how slender he is. He I'd say he's three or just a slim, slim four year old. Yeah, but dude, like you if I show you other videos, I'll text them to you after this. But I'll show you some other videos. You're like, dude, no doubt that deer is three. Okay. Yeah. I mean, he so, does he doesn't look heavy bodied. Yeah. And I'm thinking like I don't know. We're gonna have Buckmaster score him up, but um I'm thinking he's like 70. Dang, I can see that. Look at this. Yeah. He's got points all over, man. He's jacked. 70. So let's just say he is 70. Let's yeah. say he's Let's say he's 160 at the worst, which I know he's bigger than that. But he's bigger than 160. <laughs> let's say he's 160 at three. Dude, it was it's scary to know what that deer could turn into. Yeah, right. Right. And I need to I need to look more into that Buckmaster score system. I don't know much about it, to be honest. It's just a true gross score. Like that's all it is. Okay. It's it's uh no deductions. That's I mean, that's all it is. Yeah. That's how they should be scored. That's which, a stud, dude. Congrats to. Yeah, which there, you know, on that there isn't a ton of deductions. I mean, there's the kicker and, you know, what what have you. But I love <clears> his <throat> frame, man, and everything. He, he's not. He don't have a weak point on him. No. So, um, <laughs> definitely, probably the biggest three year old I'll ever see in my life. I showed Ben, and he goes, "Dude, I've never seen a three year old that big in my life." Yeah. Um, I feel. And so does Ben. Like that deer could have been the next world typical record, like at six or something, five and a half, six and a half. Dude, like it's no telling what he would be next year. But anyway, it's cool to think about. But yeah, that's cool, man. That's very cool. She does she what she shot? Does she understand like the magnitude of what this is? Yeah. Well, you know, I told her like this deer is going to be the next world record and stuff like that. But you know, she's new. I couldn't expect her to pass that deer up. The neighbors are hunting him. They only owe 30 acres. Like, you know, that deer is going to get killed probably. Yeah, for sure. I would, and, uh, you know, she ends up shooting it. I'm at a, uh, my daughter's friend had a birthday party. I look at my phone. There's eight missed calls from my mom. <laughs> I'm like, I call she her back. hurt or something happened. She's like, yeah. she's like, where have you been? Look at your phone. So I look at the text and, you know, she propped her phone up in a tree and took a picture of her with this deer. I'm like, no, you didn't mom. You know, so we, we <laughs> over there and yeah, she totally understands like what this deer was. And, um, she sent me a picture of it skull cap last night. And I was like, that's a stud. She goes, I never thought you would say my deer was a stud. <laughs> that's so awesome, man. That is yeah, so she, awesome. She totally gets, you know, what she shot. So yeah, I'm super her, but you, you know what that, what that deer could have been was as special. And then just here real quick, we might have some, uh, my dad is after a giant, probably 180. That's we've had, he was five in 2018 and we had a picture of him mm-hmm. and he came, dude, he is a giant, probably 180. Uh, and then my brother's getting ready to come in town and I got like a 170 for him. So like no it could be a banner year for the gandies that would be cool man that would be cool if that happens you guys need to do like that classic here's all our mounts on the barn photo some people love and hate those i think they're cool yeah. but yeah. as a family you have to do that yeah dude not too many moms out there shooting 170s no so. not many not many at all maybe doug's mom but that's about yeah. it right we need to do a maybe mom's me. podcast yeah <laughs> that'd be cool it'd be dangerous <laughs> We've yeah. been getting a lot of comments about everybody's moms, and I don't know if we want that or not. Probably uh, not. We don't really want that. <laughs> <laughs> well, dude, where can people find you? Where can people find Whitetail Edge? All right, so you can find me 
Beasley and probably most of my content on Dylan Gandy underscore white tail edge. Uh, that's Dylan with an O. Um, and then uh, white tail edge, white tail edge official on Instagram, on our Facebook, YouTube. Uh, we even got a TikTok. Um, and then the white tail edge podcast. Cool. Awesome, yep. man. Well, thanks so much for sharing those stories. Um, I love what you guys are doing. You guys are killing it. Looking forward to get you, you and Ben in the studio, the WCB. We don't really have an official name, honestly, but uh, just get you in the WCB studio. Good. What's that? I think just leave it at WCB studio. Yeah, that's what it is. Yeah, yeah that's what it cool, is. Cool, man. Well, yeah. thank you. Great story. That was a really good buck story. I'm glad to hear you didn't put a hole in the kiddie pool um, <laughs> next door or uh, ruin any games of jump rope or hopscotch or anything like that in your urban hunt. Yeah. Me too, man. I appreciate you, Kurt. I appreciate you, buddy. Thanks for the support. And I, I will be there to help you with your podcast anytime you need me for the record. It's been so helpful. I really appreciate that, man. You're, you're a great dude. You are too, buddy. Well, I appreciate you. Everybody, thank you so much. Listening, watching, supporting us, supporting Whitetail Edge on DeerCast as well. Um, if you don't have DeerCast, you're listening just on the WCB side of things. What are you even doing? Get the app. Support us, support the jury, support Whitetail Edge. You know what to do. Go shoot a giant. We love you, and we'll see you next week. Peace.